When looking at the South Carolina Gamecocks 2022 football season, which three games stand out as the most important? Plus, a couple of quick recruiting notes today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines for your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I am your host, as always, Andrew Lyon, and I have got a lot to unpack in today's show. In today's show, we are going to talk about the three most important games that I think South Carolina will have for this upcoming football season, along with all the headlines and stats that you need to know leading into these games. Plus, Jalen Kilgore, which admittedly at the time of this recording has not announced his commitment yet, could end up a South Carolina Gamecock by the end of today. I'll go into my quick thoughts on that at the end of the show. And... Shane Beamer and company continue to get it done on the recruiting trail as they got a fifth welcome home today, at least the fifth welcome home since this past Sunday. I'll talk about that and also a potential hint as to who that fifth welcome home might be. And if I have some time at the end of today's show, I will also touch up on four-star wide receiver Tyler Williams. But before I get started with today's show, as always, Thank you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for Gamecock sports coverage. So with that being said, let's go on ahead and get on right into today's show. Now, I want to explain to y'all what my thought process is real quick going into today's show for these three games. While obviously a lot of South Carolina Gamecock fans probably have a couple obvious choices for the three most important games. Heck, some of y'all may have even the same selections every single year. And that's where I want to make a distinction. I know that there's probably a lot of Gamecock fans out there that say, well, I think that Georgia is one of the most important games every single year. Well, I think Clemson is one of the most important games every single year. Well, I think maybe, say, Missouri is one of the most important games. Or Florida. Those type of games... And while one of those games, admittedly, is included on my list for today, the distinction I want to make here is that you have to make a distinction between your emotions with the opponent the Gamecocks are facing and the potential impacts that winning a certain game could have on the perception of your program. And I referenced this, of course, in my last video, which you haven't already gone check that out. Go on ahead and do so. I'll have a link, of course, on the screen at the end of today's episode. But I really do a deep dive into how a lot of the national media perceives the SEC East division, including who they see as the maybe the contenders in the East and teams maybe that have a little bit more work to do. Now, with these three games that I'm going over today, I will simply be going down the schedule from the beginning to the end. I am not ranking these games on who I think, you know, is the most important and the least important out of the three. So just to clear that up before I get into it. So the first important game of the season 
in my opinion, without a doubt, is in week two when the Gamecocks go on the road to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. In my opinion, this is the biggest prove-it game in the early part of the season and quite frankly, might be the biggest prove-it type game that the Gamecocks have had in several years. Obviously, there has been a lot of hype surrounding the South Carolina football program this offseason. There has been a lot of reason for optimism, and there's been a lot of momentum because of what they did last year, despite all the circumstances that they dealt with and the expectations that were set upon them. And all of the success they had, of course, in the transfer portal, getting guys like Spencer Rattler, like an Austin Stogner, like Antoine Wells Jr., Christian Bill Smith, Terrell Dawkins, Devonnie Reed, and others as well. And when you look at all of that momentum, a lot of opposing fan bases, of course, at a certain point are going to be like, well, geez, I've heard so much about South Carolina this offseason, so what exactly are they made of? Just are they that much better than last season? This is the first game where the Gamecocks have a chance to prove that. Obviously, they're going on the road, and they're facing off against, in my opinion, the best coordinator duo in the SEC with the Razorbacks having offensive coordinator Kendall Bryles and defensive coordinator Barry Odom. Barry Odom, of course, was the former head coach at Missouri, where he was for several years before he went to Arkansas. And a lot of people are kind of surprised at this point that Sam Pittman has been able to somehow hold on to Kendall Bryles and Barry Odom at this point, many people thought at least one of those two coordinators would have already left Arkansas and taken another job, and in both cases, a head coaching position. Barry Odom obviously has the previous experience, and Kendall Browse is, of course, the son of Art Browse. and while he was embroiled in a massive scandal at Baylor many years ago, I believe a massive Title IX investigation that took place, Bryles has a lot of potential, of course, to be a head coach and is a very smart offensive mind. Segwaying into the offensive attack, the Gamecocks are facing the best rushing attack in the conference from last season that averaged 229.4 rushing yards per game with four players by the end of last season having at least 575 rushing yards or more. And the team was led by their quarterback in K.J. Jefferson, who had 664 rushing yards by season's end. Now, the reason I bring that up is this. The Gamecocks, subsequently on defense, gave up an average of 175 rushing yards per game last season, which ranked fourth worst in the conference. So... This is going to be a massive test for the South Carolina front seven. We're really going to see if the defense has made improvements in the rush defense department this offseason. Obviously, we lose guys like Jabari Ellis, Kingsley Enigbari, Aaron Sterling, along with Damani Staley out of the linebacking core, guys that have been in this program for several years. And in particular, in my opinion, Jabari Ellis and Aaron Sterling were two guys who were really solid in rush defense. Now, we lose those two guys, plus, of course, Enigbari, who was really good at setting the edge at the minimum with pass rushing and at times in the rush defense department, and Damani Staley, a guy, again, that had many years of experience in the defense. And so now we got a bunch of new guys that are going to be in the starting lineup, and they're going to have to really get in sync and in a hurry for this Razorback rushing attack. It will not be easy stopping the Hogs over there in Fayetteville in Week 2. 
So why is this game important overall? Well, to bottom line the whole thing, this game can be a tone setter for the entire season. If the Gamecocks go in there and get ran out of Fayetteville and blown out by three touchdowns plus, then most of the SEC is going to look at South Carolina and laugh at us and say, well, you know, we knew that y'all were going to do this. We just knew that the hype was fake and that y'all weren't going to be a good team this year. But if South Carolina goes in there, finds a way to beat Arkansas, especially going into a big week three matchup against their rival Georgia Bulldogs, then fans are going to look at South Carolina and say, oh, okay, all right, South Carolina might actually be up to something. Now, of course, I tell South Carolina fans this, we've had a feeling that this could happen all season, or excuse me, all off season. But, of course, again, the goal with these games is these are games that can change the perception of the program this upcoming season. Now, coming up in just a few moments, I'm going to go over the next two games that are going to be, in my opinion, the most important or some of the most important games this next season. But before I do so, I have a quick word from our friends over at Built Bar. Now, if you're all like me, you have a hard time trying to find food that not only tastes good, but is healthy for you to eat. You know, like a caramel chocolate brownie. All right, but seriously, what if I told you you could have that brownie plus 17 grams of protein? Yes, that's right. You're in luck because Caramel Brownie Bars are available now at Built.com. But you got to act fast before they're out of stock. These bars will help to solve all of your problems trying to find that tasty post-workout snack. Plus, the macronutrient counts are unbelievable. 130 calories. Again, 17 grams of protein and only 4 grams of sugar. But the best part is that the bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. There's a big misconception in the world of fitness and nutrition that in order to meet your goals, you have to sacrifice taste. But with Built Bar, you don't have to sacrifice taste to be healthy. You can have the best of both worlds. And all Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. There are a million reasons that you should try Built Bars. Having caramel brownie bars is just another reason why. With Built, tasty is a new healthy. Go to Built.com right now to get your box of caramel brownie bars. And if you're looking to save money, we got you covered there as well. When you go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's LOCKED, in all caps, 1515 for 15% off at Built.com. Go right now while the offer lasts. All right, so the second important game that I see on the schedule for the 2022 football season is at Kentucky in week six. Now, of course, you don't, if you've been following this series at all over the last nine, ten years or so, you don't need me to tell you this, but I'm going to say it anyways. This is a game that hasn't been in the Gamecocks' favor in recent memory. As they've lost seven of the last eight games and haven't won in Lexington, Kentucky in ten years. This is also a bit of a revenge game from last year. We had a great opportunity to win after being up three turnovers in the turnover margin department. But we lost 16-10 to 10 in Columbia last year. And Kentucky then proceeded to play Sandstorm in the locker room after having defeated South Carolina, basically trolling the Gamecocks in a really big 
way as of course sandstorm is one of the bigger things that happens at south carolina home games one of the bigger traditions that they have at their home games kentucky is also widely predicted to contend for the sec east title this year and for good reason in the sense that they're led by a strong rushing attack which ranked fifth in the conference last year as they averaged 199.8 rushing yards per contest now, a big headline for this game could potentially be Chris Rodriguez, as he may or may not be playing in this game based on his punishment for some issues that have taken place behind the scenes this offseason. Now, obviously, Chris Rodriguez did have a DUI incident that took place earlier in the offseason and missed a court hearing, but apparently that was because of some miscommunication between the court and his attorneys. But... Supposedly, there have been some other things that have happened off the field that have not been disclosed to the public. And because of that, Chris Rodriguez could end up seeing at least a maybe four-game suspension heading into the 2022 season. Some rumors at certain points even saying that he could potentially miss the entire season due to suspension. Now, of course, I have no solid information on all of that in the sense that I don't really follow the Kentucky Wildcats as closely as I do, of course, South Carolina. But it's going to be an interesting situation to watch as we get closer to the Kentucky game. Now, this is the final game before the bye week in Week 7. So this is a chance for the Gamecocks to catapult into the second half of the season with a lot of momentum. So for all of those reasons, this is going to be a very interesting game to say the least, when that time comes. Now, the third important game of the season for the Gamecocks will be at Florida in Week 11. Now, the Gamecocks walloped the Gators in Columbia last season by a score of 40-17. to But there has been a narrative that has pretty much been pushed the entire offseason by Many Gator fans and even other fans that sort of pay attention to the SEC that at least I've seen on social media and on message boards and YouTube alike. And the narrative is that despite the win last year, the game was a game where the Gators just gave up on head coach Dan Mullen. As at this point, Dan Mullen was sort of on the downtrend after having suffered a really bad loss to the LSU Tigers, I think a couple weeks prior or in the previous week. And, of course, they also were annihilated by the Georgia Bulldogs, which, now that I think back, that was the game that took place before Florida went to Columbia. And so it's been a very easy notion to create and pretty much piggyback on this entire offseason to say that, hey, Florida's players didn't even try. That's why South Carolina beat them 40-17, which, again, that does come off as a big slap in the face to the South Carolina players who played out of their minds that night. But, you know, again, some people choose to forget all of that. Uh, they also say that illness did come, overcome portions of the team's roster heading into that game in Columbia. I did hear some reports of that when the game happened and that it did, I think, affect players like Emory Jones, who was in their starting lineup. Although I think Emory Jones did still play the game later that night. The Gators are also getting the automatic benefit of the doubt during this current talking season that we're in. As many people 
have put the Gators over the Gamecocks in their predictions for this upcoming season as time has passed this offseason. At the beginning of this offseason, I heard a lot of people talking about how they still felt like that, you know, Georgia was probably going to end up winning the East in 2022. And then with second, third, and fourth place, at least at the beginning, I heard a lot of people saying Kentucky, Tennessee, and South Carolina. At least that was what most people were saying. But slowly but surely, as the offseason has progressed, you're now hearing a lot less of South Carolina when it comes to that conversation. And a lot more people are now bringing up the Florida Gators in place of the Gamecocks. Despite the fact that the Gators are under a completely new staff, a first-year coaching staff with Billy Napier and company. So, again, something else that is going to give the Gamecocks some ammunition for when they play the Gators later this fall. And from a schedule standpoint, this game does come after a road game against Vanderbilt for the Gamecocks and a week before the Tennessee game at home. So, the trap game factor, I really don't see being involved here. And I do believe that this is probably going to be another reason when the season really gets into motion that people are going to bring up as to why Florida could end up being South Carolina. The only reason that this game could even be classified as a trap game for the Gamecocks, in my opinion, is if South Carolina has such a great season and is doing so well that, you know, and Gamecock fans would do cartwheels if this were to happen, that by the time this game was about to take place, South Carolina was contending for either second in the East or maybe even for the SEC East crown. Now, obviously, I don't think Gamecock fans are going to get too ahead of ourselves saying that that's going to happen this year. But if either one of those scenarios were to play out that way, the Tennessee game would automatically be viewed as a much bigger game than it already is. And so if that were to happen, then yes, I could see how maybe a Florida game away the week prior could sneak up on them. But again, I just don't really see it happening that way. Of course, I'm going to save my predictions with all this stuff for a later time frame. So when looking at the Kentucky game and the Florida game, the question y'all may still be asking is, so why are these games so important this upcoming season? And the reason for that is when you look at the ladder of college football's national perception, and you look at all the different rungs. As I mentioned again, or alluded to in the previous episode, you've got Georgia at the top for the SEC East. They are clearly the top rung of the ladder right now. Second, third, and fourth, it depends on really who you talk to. Some people got Tennessee, some people have Kentucky, some people have Florida. And then the next two rungs, South Carolina, Missouri, at least nationally, that's where people put South Carolina at this time. And then, of course, the bottom rung, you have Vanderbilt. And the way I look at it is this. Well, of course, I think it would be awesome for South Carolina to potentially defeat Georgia this next season. That would be a massive deal for the program. And, of course, Georgia is one of South Carolina's bigger rivals that they play throughout their season. That is not, in my opinion, the goal that South Carolina fans should want us to aim for as of right now. Obviously, the Gamecock football team should aim to win every single game. I'm definitely not saying that. But my point is that we do need to look at it as taking out certain rungs one by one. So say we actually are starting off at rung five or six on this ladder of perception for the SEC East. We need to start by defeating 
teams like Missouri more often, by beating teams like Kentucky more often, and defeating Florida more consistently, then defeating Tennessee. And then, once we are doing that more often, then we can aim all the way for the top rung of the ladder, which is the Georgia Bulldogs. And Florida and Kentucky are both two rungs that are considered to be in that second group in the Eastern Division. If South Carolina were able to win both of those games, they could potentially turn the tide in the series against the Kentucky Wildcats, which they have needed to do for years. And they could remind everybody just how well they've actually done against Florida in recent memory. If South Carolina were to win that game this year, they would actually be over 500 over the last 13 matchups they've had with the Gators and would be 7-6. and six. They are 6-6 six and six in their last 12 matchups against Florida. So for that reason, both of those games, in my opinion, extremely important in regards to the 2022 college football season. All right, now... Before I get off for today's show, a couple of quick miscellaneous recruiting notes. Starting off with Jalon Kilgore. Now, as I mentioned earlier, as of this recording, Jalon Kilgore has not committed at all yet. He has not announced his commitment. But in my opinion, this is still South Carolina's prospect to lose. South Carolina's had a very long-standing relationship with Jalon Kilgore. They were the first Power 5 offer for Jalen Kilgore earlier this offseason before he blew up with all these other offers. As you can see, Oklahoma, Clemson, and Florida all showing up right there on the screen. And yes, Oklahoma's made a really good push recently, but in my opinion, the long-standing relationship he has with this staff, the staff being really the first big program to believe in him, is going to win the day here. If they were to get Jalen Kilgore, it would be a massive get for them in terms of secondary recruiting, and it would really probably narrow down how many more spots we have left in terms of getting defensive backs for this class. As at this point, they've already gotten Zabari Sandy and Cameron Upshaw Jr., both of which are also considered to be safeties for the next level. And again, I'll get into Jalen Kilgore's potential commitment a little bit more if it turns out that way on the next show. The next recruiting note that I want to bring up real quick involves another welcome home for Shane Beamer in the South Carolina Gamecocks. As Shane Beamer tweeted out around lunchtime yesterday that South Carolina had gotten another welcome home. And as you can see, he tweeted above all else with the 2-3 at the end. And some of y'all may not notice that discrepancy, but whenever he tweets that out, that means that it is a prospect from the 2023 recruiting cycle. So, of course... When this happens, the fans want to play a big guessing game. Who is the prospect? Who is the player that Shane Beamer is talking about here? And there was an interesting tweet not long after Shane Beamer's by Director of Player Personnel Taylor Edwards, who tweeted, Court is in session, obviously giving the fan base a hint as to who the prospect is. And when looking back at the offer list, there's only one player out of the whole list that could have fit that tweet. And that is 2023 athlete Judge Collier. Now, obviously, as you can see, he has offers from South Carolina, Wofford, Navy, Boston College, and also Air Force. He is rated as the 705th best prospect in the country, the 39th best athlete in the country, and the 7th best prospect out of the state of South Carolina, according to On3's consensus 
player rankings. Now, again, I don't have any sources to confirm that this is Judge Collier who's committing, but based on the tweet from Taylor Edwards just reading between the lines, it seems like that this has to be Judge Collier. And again, you compare South Carolina to all of the other offers. While I think it's really cool and says a lot that he's got some offers from some of the military academies and Boston College and Wofford, two highly regarded academic institutions, I think that considering that they're an SEC offer, it's the home state, as he is from Rock Hill, South Carolina, South Carolina is going to have another defensive back probably in their recruiting class very soon along with the others. And the last thing I will talk about for today's show is 2023 four-star Tyler Williams, who has made it to Columbia, as you can see by this tweet, late in the afternoon on June 14th, saying that he was at the University of South Carolina. Now, of course, this is a big deal that South Carolina has managed to get Tyler Williams here in Columbia, as originally it wasn't a part of his plans to come here, but because of what he heard from fellow teammate Dradian Zipperer from Lakeland High School down in Florida, who is also a South Carolina target on the wide receiver board. He decided to come up here to check out the campus and check out the program and facilities and all the like. So I haven't heard anything yet regarding his reaction to his visit so far and how things have gone. So as I continue to hear and see more information, I will try to tell you all, what I can, but I can tell you that admittedly this still is probably considered a long shot recruiting battle for the South Carolina Gamecocks as Chad Simmons tweeted out the same day that he had placed an expert prediction for the Georgia Bulldogs to land four-star wide receiver Tyler Williams. And Chad Simmons, as you can see, is the director of recruiting four on three. And Chad Simmons is not somebody to put it bluntly, that goes out on a whim when it comes to these predictions. Whenever he puts predictions out, it's normally because he is fairly confident that's where they'll end up at the end of the day. So while Tyler Williams may not end up coming to South Carolina at the end of his recruiting process, it is still a big deal for the Gamecocks to get someone like Tyler Williams on campus as Tyler Williams is considered to be a top 100 prospect according to on threes recruiting rankings alone, not the consensus rankings. But as you can see here also, Georgia has a very big favorite according to On3's recruiting prediction machine. So those are some of the recent updates from the recruiting front for the Gamecocks. And that is going to do it for today's show. I hope you all thoroughly enjoyed today's episode. And tell me on YouTube, comment down below, and also reach out to me on Twitter Who do you think South Carolina's most important games are for the 2022 season? Do you think it's either the three games I mentioned, or do you think that I've got them all completely wrong and I should have selected an entirely different slate? Let me know what your thoughts are down below. I hope you all have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll catch you all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast.